0: This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having my good friend, my Soul Cycle instructor, and now my virtual, digital instructor for my calves, my abs, and my my soul and my mind, Jadis, plugging in from Greater New York. And I miss not seeing him in the studio. Jadis, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. What's going on? Awesome. So we've been uh, we've been sheltering in place, and uh, and you've kind of. Uh, continued your following and and kept your community fit and, and connected to you personally so you know could you give a little bit of your background first and you know how you got to become a fitness instructor and uh and then we'll kind of talk about the business side of that
1: My journey into fitness was sort of accidental, at least in terms of being an actual instructor. Uh, I've always been an athlete growing up. Um, I played sports, football. Um, I was a varsity swimmer, I wrestled. Um, So I've always been somewhat athletic and into fitness. Uh, I just never thought I'd be teaching it. So naturally, just an athletic guy, moved to New York for now feels like 10 years ago. To be a performer. So I came in as an actor, singer, dancer, and did all that stuff. Some off-Broadway shows, some commercials, some modeling campaign, background dance for some couple, like for a couple big name artists. And, um, I think the, the last job that I did before I got into fitness, um, as a career was, I was in a show in Las Vegas and, um, it was a Vegas style, like cabaret, you know, uh, show with, topless show girls and I was a singer, dancer, one of the leads in the show and I was doing that show for about 9 months and though the pay was great it was an awesome it was an awesome opportunity I just was like uh, I don't think I want to live in Vegas and Up until that point, I was really adamant about booking a Broadway show. You know, Broadway actors make great money. You know, at that time, it was probably like $1,800 a week, and you have great health care, and you literally do a show a day or maybe two shows, you know, twice a week. But it just seemed like a really great way to get my foot into the door in terms of being a performer. And I Mm -hmm. think... In that show in Vegas made me realize, oh, shoot, like, this is really monotonous. Like, doing the same show eight to ten times a week, you can't variate, you know, variate much from show to show. You have to be on your cues and sing the same notes and hit the same steps. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Broadway or theater is, is, is the space for me, And at least in terms of being an artist. And so when I came back to New York um, after my nine-month contract, my agent at the time was like, hey, you know, we're going to send you out to Aladdin and Book of Mormon and all these, you know, the Broadway shows. And I was like, eh, actually, I think I want to sort of hone in on TV and film. That was like what I really was adamant about, like um, doing at that point in time, just because I had been burned out from doing the same show nine, nine months um, in Vegas. And um, my, mm-hmm. ma- my agent at the time sent me a an email. Was like, hey, there's this company called SoulCycle. They're looking for fitness instructors um, right now. They're in mostly in New York and LA, but they're going to be branching out into all these other markets and areas. And they're they're really looking to expand. I think it'd be a really good opportunity for you to 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 teach fitness while you're you know still going out to castings. And so, um nice. That's sort of how I got introduced to SoulCycle. I took a class through a recruiter program, so I technically was recruited into SoulCycle, and. Um, and I loved it. I remember having this really like visceral response to music and inspiring words and just uh, the sound and the, the vibe of a whole bunch of people in that room, just like sweating and powering through. And everyone was at different levels and everyone was just like connected though. And my the instructor, I had my first social instructor, her name was Melanie Griffith. And I'll never forget, like at the end of that class, I was drenched. Oh, yeah and I was like literally sobbing, like sobbing like I had went to church and I had told my testimony and I like got delivered. It was one of those moments and I was like, wow, it just felt really powerful to have an experience that was both mind and body. I think a lot of times fitness can be about, you know, 500 burpees, let's go, you know what I'm saying? Or hit those pushups and just right. like, like militant and boot camp. And this felt like come as you are, do your best whoever you are and whatever it is in your life that you're working towards, your body, as strong as it can be, is needed for your mind to make the connection for you to be the best version of yourself. And I think that's what I got from it It was like this mind, body, soul, hybrid of an experience. And um, that sort of sold me. And I want to say about Five six months later, I went through a training program and went. You know, auditioned obviously. Went through a training program and I became an instructor. And I sort of haven't looked back since. If anything, I'm more so like coming up for air because I had you know, swam so deep into the the Soul Cycle pool and I I've been trying to find way different ways to balance um, my personal goals, other creative mm-hmm. endeavors and still be there to inspire and and um, share in this fitness journey that I've gotten so much out of. So w-
0: before before you took that first class and, and got recruited, have you always been, you know, a leader, a voice of inspiration for people, or is that something that you've kind of trained yourself to, to be able to do?
1: Um, I think that I've always been a speaker. I mean, I'm an actor by by craft. So I've always been a speaker and I think actors generally have to be really empathetic, um, have to be open and vulnerable emotionally, have to be able to speak, um, and connect to different people, different parts of ourselves. And, um, so that was something I've always somewhat been comfortable with. Like I was, a uh, um, I was class president in, in high school. Um, where, where, where are you from? Florida Fort Lava, Florida. Florida Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I've always been a speaker. I've never been like shy when it came to public speaking. And, but I will say that um, SoulCycle gave me the confidence to really own my voice. Things that meant a lot to me, um, connecting people who otherwise would have never met each other. So it, it has, in a lot of ways, um, helped me nurture and strengthen my voice as, as a coach. So, what do So, we just did,
0: uh, we got this Halo Academy where we do these business school classes that I was mentioning to you. And uh, we did one on Soul Cycle, and we had Ruth Zuckerman come on and basically tell us, you know, the types of people that, that she was looking for. And, you know, it sounds like you're, you know, you'd be a, a target for like the perfect, you know, in, instructor based on what you've just indicated about yourself. What we talked about in this class, which I think is interesting, and maybe, you, you think about this, but there's a very healthy balance between me going to Cycle and me going to Jadis' class. And I feel like somehow in the culture of that business, they found the balance where, you know, it's your show, but it's at their theater. But I go to, I belong to their theater, but I go there because you're acting and you're the lead. Uh, of the of the show, so uh, you know a lot of other boutique fitness centers. Like I feel like they're always at conflict with the instructor thinking I own the business. This is these are my members. Um, I used to work at a had a bank called Donaldson Lufkin and at (DLJ), and it was known where like the culture there. There was enough business to go around that there was never a fight over how do I get paid or what deal am I working on. Like you know that if you get the right times, even if you don't get the right times, you're basically selling out a class or pretty close because of who you are. You right. know? So how have right. you how have you been able to kind of operate where you're like you're a plane and, and Soul Cycle's you're know, you're the pilot. The, they own the plane, but it seems to
1: like it works. And right. I don't think other people will
0: figure that out. So how do you feel as as the pilot?
1: I think. Uh foundationally, like from a fundamental standpoint, you have to, um, buy into the vision of the brand. You know, I think a lot of times people, whether they're entrepreneurs or a really driven, Person at a company, um, you feel that you have a purpose that's greater than the company, or may not align with the with the brand messaging um, in total. And sometimes that's where that conflict lies. I think there's a lot of things about the company that I love. I mean, it, it, of course, there's, I'm not going to love everything. You know, there's going to be things from a corporate standpoint or inclusion, like, there can be a lot of things like pay structure, like, you know, that, that I might not always see 100% eye to eye on, but I think, um, from like the core at the core values of what soul cycle is about and what was founded upon I think I, I, I stand for those things and so I always feel comfortable walking into that space but I also know even within that space within that big umbrella of goals and ideals that the company stands for, there's a very unique voice that I have you know as a black man coming from immigrant um, family um, living in New York for 10 years, being a mm-hmm. And also, being coming from an athletic background, there's a specific voice that I have that may have not represented the brand, that may have not been seen in the brand before, um, but that I can bring. So, I think it's about um, aligning yourself with brands, corporations, companies, spaces that you um, support and believe in, in their core values, but also being bold enough and, and authentic enough to bring you into that space. Right. Well, you,
0: you know, you've 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 touched on uh, on some current events here. Um, you know, sometimes I'll walk into a soul cycle, I'll walk into a client and they say, Hey, I'm building a, a a location in this zip code, and here's what the demographics of that zip code look like. Right. And I've been saying this for years, Jadis, that when I walk into certain fitness studios and I I don't feel like it's been inclusive. I don't feel like it looks inclusive and hopefully this is a wake up call that changes the way people think. And inherently, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get too controversial here with, with, but if you go into a soul cycle and you look at the front desk and then you look at the people that are cleaning the bikes and then you look at the, you know, the average demographic, you know, what was that song? Like, uh, it was like a hip hop song makes me go home. You know, it uh, makes me go, huh? You know, you know, I, you know, and every time I walk out of that class, I always look in the eye of that woman who's got that white basket. And I, I look her in the eye every time I say, thank you. And I say to the guy, I say, thank you. Right. And now with coronavirus, you're like, Holy shit. Those two people that clean the bikes, they might be the most important people that work in the whole studio, you know? And maybe that's a call for people to say, you know what, like the respect I need to have for everyone that works in here. You know, because like, you know, yeah, they've got the janitorial job, or I don't even know if they got a business card or I don't know what their dollars above minimum wage they make, but you better you better start to to, to like respect people yeah. and understand that you know, like the wheel doesn't function without every spoke of it. And maybe those spokes should look a little different than they do.
1: Yeah. I so, mean you think about how big automation has been, you know, like self um, self-serve kiosks, you know, like a lot of jobs um, have been can be replaced by 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 technology and if you think about in the age of COVID-19 like a cleaning staff you know you can't have a robot clean and disinfect this space you know and sort of sort of interesting to highlight that there are there's a big community of people who've been um somewhat left behind or not like underserved and they played some roles that have stereotypically been small roles and I think it's really great that you know You know, in this era right now, um, in the midst of a pandemic, like we shed light on the disproportionate amount of people that fill those roles and how way more important those roles are now. So, you know, just going back to
0: like, you know, how you felt when you took a class, you know, the training that you went through, you know, without having to like force rank things that are important to you. um, A lot of our health club, just to tell you a quick story, you know, we've got health club operators around the country. And I right. go around and I speak to them about either here's what the valuations of companies are, or here's what the mar- the financial markets are. And I used to use this term with everyone. You know, if you're, if you're a middle market health club, if you're like a gold's gym or New York sports clubs, I'm like, you better know the name of the group exercise instructor that has the relationship with the 300 people that come to this club because they are, they control those 300 people. Like they right. don't people don't go to New York sports clubs and take a class because the class is at nine o'clock. They take a class at nine o'clock with Kathy who they've been taking a class with for five years. So I always say to them, like, look, this is like a return on relationships, right? It's like ROR if we're in like financial terms. So if you're Kathy or you're Jadis and you're working, you know, whether it's in soul cycle where you seem to be, you know, taken care of better than average instructors and you got benefits and you got you know, full time job, and you got training, and you got a is a head of HR, which a lot of people don't have. You right. know, how, how would you kind of rank other things that are important to you besides you know compensation and a good place to work? Is it you know freedom of content? Is it you know you could travel, and if they open up a location in Dallas, you could say, "Hey, I want to move to Dallas." Is it um, you know flexibility of schedule? What what are some of the things? Because I, I, I want. The listeners on this, who are health club operators, to start to take to understand that, like your employees in this business, is, is your talent. And if you don't take care of the talent, you, you don't have a business
1: in a certain yeah. time. So, how, how do you think about what's important? Well, for me personally, I think work-life balance is extremely important. I think that um, the cool thing about fitness, particularly as it pertains to instructors and coaches, um, is that people don't sit in gyms. One group of people don't sit in gyms for eight hours, right? And I think companies need to understand that, um, we're, our end of the bargain is offering people a certain level of security that most wouldn't get in a fitness space, but they would get in a corporate space, um, any nine to five job and any 40 hour work week job. And, um, in that, you have to understand because there's a different structure of scheduling that people, your team, your coaches have to feel like they can balance the responsibilities of teaching a really good class or coaching clients, but also have the flexibility to do other things, to take other classes, to build other skills. I think that's, for me, super important. And I think there are some gyms that have this unrealistic expectations that, oh, because you don't work, um, 40 hours a week. I need you to be at your phone or respond to emails and be 100% available or do a front desk shift. And I don't think that's that's sustainable. There are still some fitness studios that require their trainers or their coaches or their boutique fitness um, people to, to, to do a studio shift or something like that, a front desk shift. And um, I think that that isn't what you want in a culture because you want... One of the reasons that people like fitness and um, coaches want to be in fitness is that it allows you the freedom of your flexibility because people work, if they work nine to five, you can teach before that time and you can teach after that time or even teach at lunchtime. For the most part, people want to have a schedule that allows them to do other things, to develop other skills, or to even grow um, and invest in themselves, whether it's in the business or creating their own um, streams of income. Got it. So, um,
0: you know, over the last 90 days, you've obviously pivoted your business to communicate with your fitness enthusiasts and fans and 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 members um, in order to deliver your message and, and your content and your workouts. You know, one, do you think you're gonna continue to do that at the same pace? And two, how much additional work is this for you? And, you know, do you think that there's gonna, you know, be companies that basically like become a technology platform that, you know, help you more easily deliver without you having now two full-time jobs.
1: Um, I haven't, I honestly haven't figured out if I want to continue to do this. Um, after studios open back up and gyms open back up, I I actually started the virtual classes somewhat on accident. Uh, I was working on a travel blog and that's, that was, you know what the website was and um i've been working on a website for a couple months maybe since last fall like november december something like that and when COVID-19 happened oh. and shut down. I remember that day it was like March 16th or something like that. Um, like anyone else, I had to process what that meant for me going forward as a human versus, you know, oh, how does this affect my, you know, my job? I think I first had to figure, make make sure like, oh, am, is, am I going to be safe? Is my family going to be safe? Like, what are the precautions? What does this mean? We're still trying to figure out the information. There are people who already had a fitness, um, platform online digitally. Um, I was one of those people. I've always worked out and I share my workouts online and I post them on Instagram or my stories or on Facebook, but it wasn't like a brand that I was creating to be a fitness professional guru. It was just like, oh, I like fitness, and I post it. Oh, I like traveling, I post it, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like this intentional, I'm going to be a fitness travel brand. Um, but I, <laughs> I enjoyed traveling, and I enjoyed blogging my travel, so I wanted to have a space sort of dedicated to that. And that's why I created the website. And so when COVID-19 happened, after about a week of processing everything, I was just like, wait, maybe within my website, I'm going to just create like a fitness apparatus. I'm going to create like a section where, you know, I can, you know, get new personal training clients. I can stream classes. People can purchase um, book classes through the website. It just honestly sort of conveniently fell into my lap in a way. I mean, it didn't just fall into my lap. I had to create and be intentional about it. It just so happens that it was, you know, I was already working on the website. I hadn't launched the official website yet. It was just, a website i've been working on i hadn't published it and so when all this happened i was like oh this is a perfect way to um drive my audience to my website to get these email addresses and phone numbers contact information so when i do actually um launch my travel journey and my lifestyle brand, um i'll have the people that i connect with along on the journey i'll have the information to share so it seems smart in terms of a business move, and it's just like, oh, this is seamless because it's something you've already been working on. Um, so it just all sort of, like, happened by happenstance and coincidence and, and like, some previous planning without a need even knowing.
0: Got it. So when um, we, we, we just did this case on SoulCycle, and they talked about, you know, that there, there could only be, like, 250 SoulCycles in the U.S. just based on how how the business works, how, how important do you think it is for being in a, in a market where you've got entertainers and you've got actors and you've got people like yourself to be able to, you know, solicit to say, Hey, like, can you come and run this class? Because you're, like you said, you're an actor, you're an entertainer and you're basically in like a you know, when, when you break it down, Cycle is basically just, you know, a live entertainment show and you, you get to participate on a bike, right? So, you know, a lot a lot of uh, the, the students that we had in this class said, you know, look, you can't, you might not be able to find the equivalent of, you know, five or seven people like you in, I don't know, pick a city, you know, Oklahoma City or Cincinnati. Like if they don't have a that kind of foundation of like, arts and entertainment and music, you know, you yeah. might not be able to, you know, deliver that kind of experience. So, you know, do you think that the it's if we want to keep doing things in a physical location that like how important a talent is and how few people
1: can actually do what you do? I mean, I'm, 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 honored that you think so highly of me. And it's always great to see you um, in camp class, but I honestly think that, it's never really about like, yeah, in big metropolitan cities like LA and New York, you'll find creatives, artists um, who can perform and who happen to look attractive and be fit, right? That's how I was yeah. recruited. I was recruited um, because when the company was branching out and they were getting bigger, they were like, you know, we can teach, you know, dancers and actors the fitness part. We just need people who look good and can speak well and for mm-hmm. four five minutes can turn it on, right? Um, but the truth of the matter is uh, a lot of people in our lives, we turn it on, whatever it is, you know, um, Good point. Yeah. Like for me, I only have to turn on for 45 minutes at a time, you know, at work. But a lot of times, a lot of us turn on our business, you know, savviness or our work, put on our work suit and, 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 um, and push through. I do think that it's about unique people having the ability to connect to other people. And having a voice, a point of view, an energy that fills a room in a space. Whether you are a singer, an actor, a dancer, you take top fitness already. You're a comedian. There's all different types of people who can teach fitness because the truth. I mean, believe it or not, the truth is everyone won't connect to everyone. There's some people who might feel like I'm too boot camp. I'm too hard. My class has been told. I've been told a lot of times that my class is really hard. And um. Yeah. That is a deterrent for some people who wouldn't want to take a class from a fitness person. And right. they who want to take a class from a mom. Oh, I'm a mom. I just had a baby. Oh, she's a mom. She seems sweet. She seems approachable. Um, now whether that's based in insecurity or fear that, that allows certain people to have someone that they connect to. So mm. the truth is that whether or not you live in Oklahoma city or Wachika, Kansas or New York city, um, it's about wherever you are, um, finding people, um, talent that, that is able to fill a room that's able to connect to people that may not look like them. That's personable. That's loving. That's funny. That can speak eloquently or articulately that can inspire people. And it doesn't have to be in a big city. I think here in New York, you have more to choose from. Obviously it's more competitive to be a soul cycle instructor here or to be an actor here or to be a model here. Then it probably is in a lot of smaller markets, but I do think that, um, people in smaller markets, um, can thrive as well. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I,
0: I've never really thought about this and Kay and I have never talked about it, but if we were to rank like the reasons why I go to your class, I'm going to do this aloud because I just thought about it. one is because I like you. Okay. If, if I didn't like you, uh, it doesn't matter. Like the second is I, I get a good workout. So I know that like my time is being spent wisely. The third thing is, is I like your music. And the fourth thing is, you are always singing along. <laughs> I am singing along, and then, and then, and then and then the fourth thing is that you, that it's a time that's you know somewhat convenient. Like if you were at six a.m. every morning, you know I'd probably show up every once in a while. But it, yeah, I wouldn't be you wouldn't be my go-to guy. But it, it, I think that's the hierarchy. So when I think about talent, I think it's like I connect with you as it as a, a on a human level, and I like you. And you and there are a lot of things I like about you, but one is that you are you let everybody in and, and you are you know compassionate and genuine and authentic. And that's something that Ruth said the other day, which I, which wasn't intuitive to me, but she said like, we're looking for people who are authentic but are also vulnerable. And I didn't really understand what she meant by vulnerable, but what I think she meant and what I think you mean is like you're willing to say like, this is who I am. I'm actually I'm actually an actor, but I'm not acting. Right. So I'm going to tell you, like, if I have a good day, I'm going to, you're probably going to know if I have a bad day, if there's a personal experience that I think will be meaningful to share. I'm going to share it with you because it might help you because this is what it did to me. Yeah. So yeah. I, it's, I think it's, I mean, it's unique, but it's, it's difficult to like, that's not like a questionnaire where like you're in an interview and be like, what school did you go to? Like, how good are you at accounting? You know, <laughs> how vulnerable are you? Like, I don't, I don't know. No one's ever fucking asked me that, you know? So yeah. I like it's interesting how she was able to, to to start that culture and to be a place that you would say, "Hey, that resonates with me." Like that's who I am. Yeah. And and, and how do you feel about like as the company grows or any company grows? You know, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to to hire that way. You know, like Google says that you know, like they they always try and have like you go through like seven interviews to go work at Google or something. You know. And I used to work at a firm and they, they had a, uh, they had a no, uh, you know, no bad people policy until they hired some bad people. And then right. that company fell apart basically. Right. So, you know, how how do you think about, do you get involved in it? They check with you. Are you part of the recruiting process? Is anyone who's an instructor part of the recruiting process? There are instructors
1: that are part of the recruiting process. Actually, a lot of our, um, instructors, who recruit and train instructors were once just instructors. So they're good okay. about making sure that the new talent coming in is learning from old seasoned talent. But I also think time evolves, right? And so what you may have looked for in, you know, 2004 will be totally different than what you may look for in 2018, right? There's probably a lot of companies right now who are Knocking down doors to find black representation, you know, because that's what the culture asks for right now. People are trying to be more inclusive. Um, There was a Mm -hmm. time it it wasn't as inclusive. So it it shifts. It shifts with the time and it shifts culturally. Um, Sometimes it's like filling a niche for what you don't have, you know, and sometimes it's building upon what you have and that's working and you want to have more of it. And so, I mean, I can't really answer what they're looking for. I do know sometimes, you know, as an instructor that's been there a while, I've seen people come in and I'm like, hmm, I don't quite get it, you know? But it's not for me to get, you know? Right, right, right. I'm in it. I'm in it and I have my people, my community, like, um, and sometimes when you're in something from the outside, it, it may, you know, you're dealing with different nuances of, of, of a company and, and growth, and they might see something in someone that, that I don't see, but, they, but that happens a lot where new instructors come in and I'm just like, Oh, and to me, it might be like they, they might've lowered the bar or they might, they're trying to open up their base or be more inclusive or flexible, but I've, I've had a couple, you know, head nod, head scratches. Moments with the instructors. Yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, it's all, it's almost like um, you know, if you liken yourself to like uh, an entertainer, you know, and uh, and an artist, um, you know, Kay might say to me, "Hey, let's go see this concert," you know, Black crows. All right, I'm in. You know, yeah, you yeah. know, some something else like we're going to, you know, I might be like, I don't, that's not my, that's not my thing, you know. So I right. mean, it is interesting from a standpoint. And I was thinking the other day when I go on the uh, Soul Cycle bike. You know, it's like only six genres of music, right? It should be like 26 genres of music, right? If right. like, right. I want to take a soft jazz class, right. like nobody does that yet, right? So maybe like the, the, the expansion of the bass, you know, and the expansion of everything, you know, all kind of creates different matrices for people figuring out who they want to be or who they want to follow. So,
1: right. yeah, I think it's, it's over time. In all fairness, I think that though you are one of those people who may connect to an instructor, their personality, their vibe, some people will take the 630 class no matter who teaches it because that's the time that works for them, sure, you know? Sure, yeah, and, yeah. And, and that is just uh, a, a, the, the naked truth is like some people work fairly inconvenienced, you know, I just need to sweat a little bit. You know, you might have a high bar for what you expect in every experience in your life, which I, that, I'm, I think that's amazing. I'm sort of the same. I just yeah. want service. I want cleanliness. I want to feel fulfilled and inspired. That might be a whole lot for someone else. Someone's like, you know what? This is 6.30, and I just need to sweat a little bit, you know? I've had a conversation with 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 some writers and patrons who will complain that music was freaking horrible. And I'm saying freaking, I don't know if I could curse. But, <laughs> yeah, you can curse, but you can curse on you. But uh, uh, well, well, like, don't start doing it like just because I told you you can. No, 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 no it's cool. Only if it feels right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but like that music was horrible, and the instructor was just weird, and like, and then the following week they're right back at the Tuesday 6:30 because that's the time that works for them. So you know, right. There is a big audience that you're also catering to and some of those some might not be as discriminating as others. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean it's interesting when you like look at ClassPass, you know, and
0: and uh, people are viewing fitness almost like, you know, where's the where where can I get the, the cheapest, you know, turkey wrap because I just want to eat. Right. right? right. So it's, it's almost like class pass like, yeah, I'm gonna try out this, you know, cycling studio on 40th and second, right? Because you know, it's on ClassPass. So don't, they don't even know who the instructor is. They don't know anything about it. They just know that the time's right and that they, that they get there, right? So it's interesting. I guess the more people consume fitness, the better. We were just on a podcast. I'm trying to fix the healthcare industry, which, you know, really should be about prevention. You know, the fact that that companies aren't paying 100% of their employees, you know, SoulCycle, Equinox membership, like whatever they want. Right. If you spend eight hundred dollars a month at SoulCycle, you know, even if it's eight hundred bucks a month, if that person doesn't go work out at all, the first time they go into the hospital it's five grand. Like to start, right? It's like right. it's like you're starting ante to so just right. pay for the SoulCycle classes. Right. Just, I haven't gone to a hospital. Knock on wood. I've been to a hospital for five years. I'm into a doctor for any kind of medical issue because SoulCycle is like you're you're my you know, I'm Jewish. So you're like my rabbi. Okay. Soul cycle is my synagogue. Okay. The music is my hymns. A yeah, is like my, uh, you know, comes with me to pray basically. Right. And so the sweat is your praise and worship. I love it. There you go. So to close out, you know, we usually ask people for a quote. You've given me many, you know, in class, but do you have a, a quote or two that you, uh, that you know drives
1: you or that, that you like to uh to share with others um i'm just gonna use this because it's literally on my website and it's the first oh. thing if it scares you it might be a good thing to try you know and um yeah i think a lot of fear deters people way more than ability does and i think if we just stepped out on faith and trusted that we had the abilities to do whatever our hearts set out to do then um we'd be able to accomplish some amazing things. So, uh, don't let fear hold you back, be around people that encourage you, that fill you up. Sometimes fear is, is, um, is a direct reflection of our environment. You having no choice, but to fear and be cautious and be tentative because you've been sort of, uh, it's been ingrained in you to, to sort of operate out of a place of deficit rather than a place of abundance. So, um, yeah, just be fearless. Awesome. All right, man. Well, it's great to uh, to, to talk to you here. We're,
0: unfortunately, we can't be in person, but we will be, when you when you do your first class, we will be in the front row, like for we sure. always are. Sure. Dedication to you does not diminish over time, my friend.
1: Uh, so. It. I'm right. so glad you got to do this. I know I, I've been, like, holding off for a while. I, I think I sometimes feel like I'm busy when I'm not. It's the New York thing. I'm busy. And then you're, you're home, and you're like, wait, actually, I wasn't busy. <laughs> so. Oh,
0: you, you can play hard to get, okay? And I'll play hard to give, okay? <laughs> but but I appreciate you getting on. <laughs> it was awesome. What do you want? Come here. Kay wants to say something. Get over here. What do you want? All right, she'll talk to you later. We'll be on your Instagram. Great to see you. Is anything we can do to help you during this period, whether it's, you know, anything you're doing online, anything you're doing personally, any kind of movements, anything we can do? We're 100% supportive. I've always been. But I feel like now I just want people to know it as well. So uh, uh, I appreciate everything you're doing, and most importantly, you know, I'm glad we're friends. Okay, so
1: Thank you so much, so much. Pleasure.
0: Give a shout out to my good friends at LassoGear.com, L-A-S-S-O-G-E-A-R.com. I want to give you 20% off using the code HaloTalks on the best compression socks on the planet. I've been using them during the pandemic. My field goal kicking is further and stronger than it's ever been. Check out these socks, you'll love them. They got an L and an R to make it easy to put on each foot. Enjoy it, trust me, you'll love them.